What community sounds like? Stay open. Hey guys, this is Chris from Tap the Craft. I want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show, B Cups. B Cups is the world's first line of style-specific beer cups for people on the go. Whether by the beach, pool, hiking, or on the boat, B Cups are great for any place you can't use glassware. They're dishwasher safe, lightweight, BPA-free, recyclable, and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Go check it out. craft beer friends and welcome to another episode of tap the craft podcast i am denny Luce coming to you from boise idaho and my partner in craft from the great state of florida from tampa mr chris mckenzie my wells bro how are you doing tonight hey denny i'm doing really good man how are you doing this evening well i am uh, sweaty and tired <laughs> summer summer is here um summer is here <laughs> yeah i had to turn the, the ac on because it was about, before I even came into the office, I just walked up the stairs. It was like 80 degrees. And I'm like, okay, I have to cool this thing down or I'm going to be just a big pile of sweaty mess. Uh, so, yeah, I, I cranked the AC up. Um, I, can't, I can't be like most people that, like, try to bring that temperature down to, like, you know, 72 or 68 or whatever. Because uh, if I did that, my wife would turn into an icicle and that would not be good. For me, I mean, we stick at about seventy-four, and uh, Megan's always cold. So, I mean, there's 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 really no winning. Just keep blankets on the couch and extra yeah. blankets on the bed and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So. Well, seventy-four is where I'd like to keep it, but um, I've compromised. And even in the peak of summer, when it's uh, you know over a hundred degrees out there, uh, our house is at seventy-eight degrees. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very sweaty inside. Mm, that's it, warm. Yeah, it feels good when you walk in from outside, but that that nice chill you get only lasts for a short amount of time before you start to sweat again at 78. So Yeah, that wears off quickly. Yeah, yeah, but uh but yeah, but my wife uh, I told her so I said, "Sarah, I'm going to turn this temperature down to 74 uh because I need to try to cool off or I'm just going to be a mess tonight. So she let me do it and, and I'm in a good mood. I'm in, I'm in no. good spirits and I'm drinking, Thank you, Sarah. I'm, and I'm drinking some beer. So that always makes me in good spirits too. Well, so, what are you drinking? Well, I am drinking the Payette Brewings North Fork Lager. Payette Brewing is a local beer brewery here in the Boise area. And I love their pale lager. Uh, this thing is just so good. I've talked about it on the, on the show probably a couple times. And it's when it's warm out, I want to drink something refreshing and something I can maybe drink, you know, two or three and, and still, uh, you know, be able to talk. That's good. I've already, we've been waiting to start the show. We were supposed to have Mr. Mis- Mr. Ream on the show, but he's having some technical difficulties. He asked us to start without him. Uh, hopefully, He'll be able to jump in, but because it's already waiting an hour to get this thing going, we decided to just go ahead and start without him. And if he can join us, that would be great. But uh, 
what is in your glass, Chris? What are you, are you drinking some great, some good Tampa beer? I'm actually, I'm not drinking any good Tampa beer, oh. but I'm, I'm drinking, uh, I went pretty big this evening, uh, as I, I, recently I've tend to do, yeah. Um, I am actually drinking a beer from Salt Lake City, Utah, or Denver, Colorado, just depending on where it was, bre- uh, bottled. Uh, but I'm drinking Epic Brewing and their quadruple barrel, Big Bad Baptist. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, uh, uh, that's a big beer. I haven't had that one. You're drinking something I haven't had. Yeah, this is a, an imperial stout aged in whiskey and rum barrels with roasted cacao nibs and almond flavor, which, why add the almond flavor? Yeah. Um, but it's got, uh, also has barrel-aged coffee beans, barrel-aged coconut, which, by the way, that sounds pretty good. I'd like to have some barrel-aged coconut. That does um, sound good. And barrel-aged almond. So it's two different barrels, but three different ingredients all aged in barrels. So I think you could almost call it a... What's the what's the word for five here? Uh, uh, quintuple? Yeah. Quin, yeah, quintuple barrel. Quintuple, yep. Yeah. But I know, either way, quadruple barrel, I mean, that sounds pretty awesome. Okay, so is this uh, a worthy beer? Uh, this is pretty amazing. And it's... Uh, <laughs> Since we've had a delay in the start of our show, um, there's approximately eight to ten ounces left of this 22-ounce bomber. Oh, wow. And I could, if you could take a guess at what the ABV is on this beer, what would you think? Fourteen and a half? Eh, you're a little high, but oh. you're not too far. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to be at about 11, oh. 11.6, so it's a light one. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. the Big Bad Baptist is usually around twelve percent, so I thought that with the quadruple barrel age, they might raise that up a couple percent. But I guess it's staying right around the same thing as what the regular Big Bad Baptist is. Yeah, yeah. It's um, but it's really good. It's part of their 2018 rare release series. But uh, I'm enjoying this one a lot. Well, good. I I've been looking for it. I haven't seen it in my area. Uh, I might not be looking at the right spot. Uh, it's. I'm sure it's going to be a, a a spendy bottle too. Was it like twenty eight bucks? Uh, I don't believe it was that much, but it came from uh, Tavor. Tavor, okay. So I really, I don't remember. Okay, well you know, you know, I'm making that modern times money now, so I, I don't look at the price of my beer. Yeah, yeah. So, so give us an update on modern times. You are officially, you're still officially a. An investor, right? Or did it? Uh, yes. So, um, so funny kind of side note. I was, I, I had a uh, email pop up, and I was just kind of, I went into the email about it, and I was clicking through, and I realized that, um, so the the investment that we made was approximately a thousand dollars, and then we wanted, I wanted to find out why that I, Hey, I typed in a thousand dollars and only like seven and some change went in because each share was, was two fifty three. Yeah. Um, so with the fees and everything, a thousand dollars wouldn't purchase a full share. So they rounded down and gave me the, uh, what three shares or whatever that turns out to be. Uh, so I went in to try to figure out, okay, well, what's it add up to? What do I need to actually put in there to get the, like, full $1,000 worth of uh, share mm-hmm. in in modern times. And I accidentally clicked cancel investment. Oh. 
<laughs> so now, we, go ahead. No, no, no. So I'm, I, my jaws dropped. So are you? So what happened next? So I, I went in immediately. So I was, um, I was sitting in a traffic light when I accidentally clicked cancel. Because <laughs> I thought I was clicking cancel to leave a window out of my phone. Oh. And it said, are you sure you want to cancel? And I went, yeah, I'm just trying to close out the damn window. Like, just cancel it. And I clicked cancel and it said, we're sorry to see you go. Um, you know, if in the future you decided, I was like, Oh shit! I uh, uh, I might have messed up a little bit, so I immediately pulled over on the side of the road and emailed the people at WeFunder and said I made a huge mistake. Um, I, I accidentally clicked cancel the investment, and uh, I then I went ahead and all my information was already saved in there. So I went in and tried to make another investment, and um, they they got back to me very quickly which I was very surprised about. They got back to me very quickly and said, hey, we see that you canceled it. Uh, we were able to revive your first investment. We canceled your new one. Everything's back to normal. Mm. And I thought, wow, that that's pretty awesome. Uh, kind of fast forwarding to, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, um, all the funds are sitting in escrow um, and we are just waiting for kind of the final push. So, I mean, I haven't really looked at it recently but it's been as far as i know we're in there all right well good so and and what did megan say was she shocked that you made this investment or does she know yet uh she she very much knows uh and we we were listening to the show uh, so we listened <laughs> to the last episode and we were driving back from universal studios on monday we we just took a day and, and went out there and rode a bunch of rides and stuff and had just kind of a day to ourselves. And, uh, and I said to her, I was like, so what would you think about owning part of a brewery? And she goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I was like, remember how we got that email that said, Hey, you, you can invest in modern times. And she was like, yeah, did you do it? And I was like, yeah, we did. I actually did it live on the show when we were recording the other night. Really? And I went, yeah. So we, I pulled up the show and, you know, I had already listened to it twice because I'm, 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 you know, I really appreciate what we do. I listened to it twice. Um, and I let her listen to the whole last section where we did that. And she was like, that's really awesome. I, that, and, and, you know, it, she backed me 100%. Oh, so good. that's pretty cool. That um, awesome. I, I didn't tell her the whole I canceled my investment thing story, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, but it, yeah, it was pretty cool. So we're just kind of, uh, just waiting on, um, I'll be honest. I don't know exactly what I'm waiting for. I, but, I think uh, they just have to, yeah, whatever has to go into the legal aspect of, uh, of, of getting shares, you know, I don't know what that, what that means really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not yeah. a, they're not necessarily, I mean, I, I guess there's, I don't know if they're like a publicly traded company. They're so, not. Yeah, so it's just like some kind of uh, investment shares that you, that have to be made official, and you get a, your piece of paper says you own three shares of Modern Times. Yeah, yeah that means we're going to field trip to out to San Diego or wherever they're building. They're they're building a lot of buildings right now, and that kind of made me nervous. But hey, you know what? Well, it's beer. Let's go. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, hey, that is great. You know what? We've already been carrying on for a few minutes, uh, enjoying the conversation. But before we get too far along, in case we have any new listeners to the show, I want to let them know what Tap to Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We like to focus around celebrating all things craft beer. We want to help all of our listeners along in their craft beer journeys. And you're listening to episode 125. We're recording this on Monday, May 6, 2019. And in this show, we will be discussing everything about the Brute IPA style. Yes, you heard it, the Brute IPA style. And you may be asking yourself, what the heck is a Brute IPA? You may have seen Brute IPA on the, the chalkboards of some of your local pubs and wondering what exactly that is. You may have had some and not realized that this IPA doesn't taste like the rest of them. What is going on? Well, we had a listener that we will get to in our listener question section ask us a question about Brute IPA, and that made me want to go ahead and dive into this new style of IPA. Now, the question still is out there. Is this a style that's going to last and have legs? Or is it going to kind of come and go like my favorite Cascadian Dark Ale or Black IPA kind of faded into the into the dust? Well, Are you still um, finding those, Yeah. by the way? Oh, okay. yeah. I just had, uh, I, of course, I didn't log it. But uh, Mad Swede just brought back their Cascadian Dark Ale, and my gosh, that is such a great beer. I, did you log? Did you not log it because you'd had it already? Yeah, yeah, I'd had okay. it last year when they released it, and I had two pints of it on Friday when I went there and uh, and visited, uh, and I just I love that beer. It's so good. I wish they would have it all year round. I mean, she's like, well, you should have. You should have checked and seen, you know, maybe there was a 2018 version and then a 2019 version, and that's a completely different check-in. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not trying to game the system, but uh, uh, yeah, I did, well. though. I did look, and there's only one check-in. Okay. So I didn't want to All create right. another one for the new year because it, it tastes like the old one. It, it It's very good, very good. You, gotta, you should make a trip out here to Boise but while it's available so you could have a taste yourself. Uh, it's honestly, I mean, it's, been on our on our list of things or list of places to travel to <laughs> no 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 worries no worries you got uh you have to make your trip out to san diego first because you got to go and check in your vet in your investment <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean it hopefully one day soon okay no problem all right and you know what listeners you can also count on chris and i having some great conversation along the way as you just experienced while we opened up the show so let's get in with some conversation. Chris likes to do this segment that is all about what our listeners are drinking as they check in on Untapped. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and let us know what our listeners are drinking? Absolutely. Let me take a, drink, a sip of beer first. So. Okay. Me too. Mm-hmm. Man, that's good. Barrel and chocolate roast. That's good. All right. So what we normally do, if this is the first time you're listening to our show what we do is we like to go back in the last 24 hours and find out what everybody's drinking and i want to go back maybe just a smidge further than that 24 hours just because of where craft beer joe is drinking oh. uh, not necessarily not necessarily what he is drinking because i've had this beer and it's kind of you know i mean it's good uh, I, I would drink it again, 
but he's drinking it in a city that I really, really like. And he, just like uh, one of our other previous listeners was last time we recorded, he's in New Orleans. Oh, wow. And Craft Beer Joe is drinking a Turbo Dog by a Beta Brewing Company, <laughs> which he writes, you know, just writes as simply put, when in Rome. And I don't blame you for that one. Turbo Dog was uh, one that we've had many times in New Orleans. Uh, actually, one of the Airbnbs we stayed at, uh, the, the host of the Airbnb stocked our fridge with a Beta beers. For oh, us, wow. <laughs> uh, and I went. Well, that's that's pretty cool. You get a good rating for us. Uh, Three point seven five caps on that from Craft Beer Joe uh, for Turbo Dog from Abita Brewing. Uh, Megan's actually going to New Orleans in June um, as part of a uh, friend's trip. So they're going out there to enjoy some time. I almost said down south, but that's kind of a little more north of us. So. So yeah. <laughs> some time up north. It's going up north. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, next on the list, Tom Byrne is drinking Sunshine and Opportunity by Almanac Beer Company. And he writes, this is really delicious. So crisp and tart. Uh, reined in acidity compared to past offerings. And it's at half the price for more beer to boot. So he gives this one uh, four and a quarter caps for that. Uh, moving on up to Tom Byrne again, drinking Rye on Rye 6 by mm. Boulevard Brewing Company. It's right up your alley, Denny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I believe, it, so it says uh, B-A-G-O-T night continues. So I don't know if that's barrel-aged Game of Thrones yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's we won't even get into that because that'll start a whole nother tangent, at least with me. <laughs> Uh, Barrel Age Game of Thrones night continues. Two more to go. This is an absolutely awesome and another great value at $4. <laughs> now, he's drinking in the picture what looks like a, yeah, so Rye on Rye 6, a whiskey barrel-aged ale. Uh, it looks like he's drinking a bomber of this beer. Gave it four and a half caps for a $4 beer. I so think, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's uh that that's actually like eleven ounce bottle or twelve ounce bottle. Oh, it is a twelve ounce bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, see it right there. Yeah, the, the new the new ones. Uh, they used to sell those in the big, the big twenty two ounces, but they went to the smaller bottles. Okay. So yeah, so four dollars is not bad. I, I mean, I've been buying. I mean, I've been buying and being disappointed at buying nearly five dollar twelve ounce bottles. So if he was able to pay four dollars and get enjoyment out of it that's good i'll i'll take yeah it. yeah and 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 just the the angle he took that picture though the angles the angles are where it is you get your angles right all your pictures look good yeah, angles, um, and, angles and dangles yeah, angles and dangles <laughs> yep please refer to your submariner <laughs> slang term sheet all right uh tom again drinking grave digger billy by revolution brewing company uh, the, he writes the tour de deep woods, uh, 18 and 19 referring to the years continues with barrel aged game of Thrones, slightly smoky barrel hangs in there nicely. Always in for barrel aged Scotch ale, four and a half caps. Ooh. Tom, you've been drinking some good beers, man. Nice. Uh, Mike Allen, buddy, you've the boy's busy. Yeah. Yeah. You might not want to do all of them. I think you yeah, checked yeah. into like 19 beers or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm just gonna read uh, the the beer 
and uh, the rating he gave on that one. So just kind of going through this one real quickly. Uh, drinking Kind of Blueberry by the Old Bakery Beer Company. And this whole list, yeah, is all by the Old Bakery Beer Company. So Kind of Blueberry, three and three quarters caps. Gives most of them three, three and three quarters, three and a half. All right, so just the beers then. Uh, kind of Blueberry, uh, Citrus Wheat, Golden Oat, Gentle Giant, um, I wouldn't label this as a West Coast double IPA, but it's pretty tasty. The malt dominates the hops. That was only three and a half caps. Um, moving on to Digital Native Orange. Still from the old bakery beer company. Nice bread notes, but the citrus they were going for is subdued quite a bit. Mm. Um, let's see. The Hibiscus Tart, uh, which he gave two and three quarters caps to oh, wow mm. he wrote the tart floral components are nice but there is a small amount of diacetyl on this one it's the only sour on the menu and he writes dipping toes maybe i'm not exactly sure what that means um and then the last one he had was their fourth anniversary rum barrel aged belgian quad now that sounds good and he gave that one a four cap rating uh writes rum notes on the nose Less so on the palate. Mouthfeel is nice. And the quad, uh, the dark, strong, yeast notes are right on. So at least you at least you had a, a good four-cap beer out of all those that you tried. But they don't sound all that bad. So good for you on that one. Uh, moving on up. James Kudzall drinking the uh, Petrus Rude Bruin or Ode Bruin. By come on, the brewery day brand <laughs> brand badier. There we go. Uh, it's a blend of sour and a brown. Uh, I think he stopped typing because it says it doesn't X, and that was it. <laughs> what well, what happens <laughs> is I I do this all the time. I'm sitting there and I'm I'm you know thumbing it, and all of a sudden it'll just like post like I wasn't even ready. And- <laughs> Go in and edit your posts. You have that ability. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to technology. That's true. That's true. Uh, gave that one three and a quarter caps. So don't worry about the editing of your post then if it's not that bad or if it's not that good. Um, Mark Church drinking a morning canteen by our good friends at Trek Brewing Company. Mm. Just writes simply so good. Simply so good. Five, five capper? Of course. It's Ooh, from Trek Brewing. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be a five capper? Damn. Uh, Chad Lamassa is drinking some film developer by Dogfish Head Craft Brewery. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's called Super 8, uh, but it'll develop Super 8 film, apparently. Uh, and he writes, now this is a sour beer. Gave this one four and a half caps. And I, I had to, you know, just kind of check in with him. And I wrote, not puke. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was waiting. Uh, I wanted to yeah. hear John's take on it, if he's had it and if, whether this one tastes like puke or not. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently this one looks a little better. Okay. Um, so we'll we'll uh, hopefully hopefully you'll get the chance to try it, and maybe we'll hear from John later tonight if he's had it. But uh, moving on, um, Mike Allen is again drinking barrel aged Deer Agony. Uh, it was aged <laughs> in a it was aged in a Heaven Hill barrel by Heavy Rift Brewing Company. Gave that one four and a half caps. All right, so you're you're making making up some good beers in there now. 
Uh, Chris McKenzie is drinking a... Oh, wait, that's me. Uh, drinking... Yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> Kyle Lilly, oh, he finally got he in. Made he he made, made it. it. Yes, so that, fo- that post on Facebook? Mm, no, that was before the post on Facebook. So, buddy, I'm proud of you. You got it in there even without my prompting. Um, and he's drinking this at a brewery that I have personally visited, drinking the Love a Bond by Royal Docks Brewing Company, and that's in mm. Canton, Ohio. Gave that one 4.75 caps. What kind of beer is that? I want to know. I got to know. Love a Bond. Uh, it's got to be something dark, maybe. Oh, that's a lot to read. I'm not going to read all that. Okay. I'm talking about like a page long. Um, sorry, Kyle. Just. Show, tell me on Facebook what that is. Uh, Mike Allen again, drinking a pecan brown ale uh, by 4204 Main Street Brewing Company. Gave that one three and a half caps. Uh, Tom Joseph, drinking a Green Dreams, which has Citra, Denali, Vic Secret, and You Cannot Cryo hops, which I just had a beer with cryo hops in it, which I don't know if that means they were frozen. <laughs> Or that's just the kind of hops that they have. Uh, that's by Triple Crossing, which he writes, they keep reminding me why they are my favorite brewery. Ooh. Lots of juicy, fruity smells and tastes. Uh, four and a quarter caps on that one. Uh, Tom, again, drinking the Bee Orange Blossom Honey Ale by Center of the Universe Brewing. Writes, interesting. Tasted fruity. Not sure I tasted the honey, uh, but cool can, though. 3.75 caps on there. Uh, Mark Church again, drinking Hugh by Rheingeist Brewing, but he's drinking it where? At Trek Brewing Company. Like he goes there occasionally. Yeah. Um, and he gave that one four caps. So at least John's putting good, uh, guest taps on there too. Um, Tom Joseph again, drinking the double IPA three by Brickyard Hollow Brewing Company. Writes decent, not great, but it was a gift from Maine. So that makes it better. Uh, three, three and a half caps on there. Um, moving on up through some stuff. David Makazuki drinking an IPA 395 by Mammoth Brewing Company. Gave that one four caps. He's, he purchased that at the Giggle Springs Mini Market. If you're looking at that <laughs> Giggle Springs. Giggle Springs. Buck Buchanan. Oh. Uh, probably drinking a sessionable beer. Yeah. Uh, drinking Fat Tony by Stone Cloud Brewing Company. He's drinking that at the Oklahoma City Police Department. Good for you, man. That's, <laughs> I, so he sounds, it sounds like he does what I do, is that uh, I just like to check into just random locations just to see what pops up. He writes, this is a boozy masterpiece. Mm. Nice and sweet with a great bourbon finish. A great beer to have while catching up on Game of Thrones. Uh, he gave this one five caps. Wow. So that's uh, that's good to hear about that one. Seems like we have a lot of listeners who enjoy good beer and enjoy Game of Thrones. Yeah. Sounds like we're going to have a spinoff podcast. Look at that. <laughs> well, there's already there's already Game of Thrones beer podcast, I guess. I don't I don't listen to them, but I I've seen people post about them. So, yeah, it's you, done. I've never been asked to be on them, so they don't count. OK. Or you too. You've never been invited, right? No, no. Yeah, so they don't count. Or John, I don't know if John has, but if, if not, they don't count. <laughs> uh, Jay Collins is drinking a Go Ask Your Father <laughs> by Casita Cerveceria. 
Uh, drinking that on his patio, he writes this as a nice crisp pilsner. Gave that one four caps. And Amanda Argauer uh, is drinking a naughty nurse by Ooh. City Steam Brewery. Now, uh, it was just kind of chatting back and forth with her. Uh, he, she, she writes. This will get me a shout out on hashtag tap the craft, and that's the <laughs> best thing about it. Uh, she actually tagged me on this uh, oh. in this check in. Gave this one two and a half caps. Oh, so it's, the naughty nurse was too naughty. <laughs> the naughty nurse was a letdown. Oh. It happens. It happens. Um, moving on up to her next one, Amanda checks into what she thinks is a back east ale which is an amber ale by the Back East Brewing Company. She writes, the bartender doesn't know which beer is on tap, so <laughs> this is my best guess. Uh, oh. she, she goes, potentially related side note, Connecticut is the worst. <laughs> uh, so, she, But she gave this one uh, three and three quarters caps, so I, I hope the Back, back East ale is, is three and three quarters caps worthy. Um, come to find out, as she was checked in at that for that last beer and the bar where she was enjoying her back east ale apparently uh closed at 10 o'clock so uh what what kind of what kind of that's a pathetic bar but it was the hotel bar oh my gosh where uh so so not only that uh i was told that she went across the street or went to a, a, a the Hilton nearby and got got the baggage coffee porter by Boondoggle Beers and she writes redemption tastes like heaven oh. three and three quarters caps on that one um, so hopefully the good folks at the Hilton are taking good care of her and getting her some good beer that uh, you know they're hopefully open later than 10 o'clock yeah, so 10 o'clock is early but that is what everybody's drinking. Woo! Wow, that was quite a list, man. People were really picking up on this. Uh, Want to get their shout out in the uh, show because they're drinking a lot of beer, especially Mike Allen, huh? Well, <laughs> and, Mike's and been Burn. busy the last couple of weeks. Uh, the last couple episodes, uh, Mike's been busy. Kyle, I'm glad you finally made it in there. Just remember, we normally record on Mondays. You know, within 24 hours of eight or 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, Chris, um, I didn't have any beer-related activities. Did you, did you do anything fun beer-related? I mean, beer? other than drinking beer, no. No? Okay. No. And, uh, we again, we were supposed to have John. John's still trying to find his way on the show, but since he's not here, um, new and noteworthy beers. I, I know you've been talking a lot, Chris, but I honestly, I mentioned to you before the show started that I don't have any new and noteworthy beers to discuss this episode because I I drank a lot of different beers, but I really drank a lot of mediocre beers that I just don't want to talk about. Uh, the best part about these beers are the artwork. And label artwork is, you know, has got me again. Uh I you know, a, a good a good uh artwork or a good uh, name of a beer uh, for some reason, I'm just a sucker for him, but uh, yeah. the beer inside may not be worthy. So I'm going to pass on my noteworthy beers. But Chris, why don't you go ahead and highlight a couple beers that, you know, what do you got? Three three beers? Three, three yeah. beers that you uh, enjoyed. I can do that. Uh, but I have to make sure uh, because I just saw that John checked into a beer. 
yeah. 10 minutes ago. Yes. And I would hate to, I, I would, I feel this would be irresponsible, irresponsible of me as a, a co-host uh, that, that I didn't read this off. And John, John Ream just checked into coast to coast IPA from 50 West Brewing Company. Oh. And he writes, what I should be drinking with Denny and Chris right now gives that one four caps. Oh. And, uh, and just like Denny said, John, if your laptop wakes up, <laughs> please get on here. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, apparently I've had that beer before. Oh, check that out. Actually, it was um, probably on Tavor, right? No, actually, I've actually visited uh, 50 West Brewing Company on a trip to, uh, I almost said Seattle, geez. Yeah um cincinnati <laughs> uh but yeah they I, I visited that place and had some really good beers there so but uh at least you're drinking good beer uh 50 west brewing company out of a trek beer glass i mean hopefully we get you on here man uh but uh, my new and noteworthy beers i was given something from genesee brewing company ah and uh, Kevin and Amanda Argauer, when they stopped over to the house, they brought me a, a handful of beer. And one of the beers they brought me was from Genesee Brewing Company, which was their Orange Honey Cream Ale. Ooh, that sounds good. And that was worthy of five caps what? for me. Oh, my gosh. A cream ale. Five caps. From Genesee of all of all breweries well, no no genesee has some good beers that they put out i know that kevin and amanda have mentioned that they had some really good ones that that uh, they were hoping that uh you know one day i'd be able to try i know matt knight another listener that we'll be talking about on some feedback here, here shortly he also loves genesee he lives in new york and mm -hmm. and he says the same thing that they have these special releases or these beers they release that are really really good and you have to try them so you yeah, this one was uh, yeah, and and I was I was really impressed by this when I was uh, catching up on some invoicing out on the back porch and just typing away on the laptop, and I, I thought, okay, well it's time for a beer. You know, it's two thirty in the afternoon. You need to have a beer while you're working. Of course. Um, yeah, and I I went and grabbed this one, and man, I I wish that it was around us down here i mean i can get the regular cream ale but this honey orange honey cream ale was absolutely phenomenal and i, I um i on the check-in i tagged kevin and amanda and i said you know i think this one's gonna if i could get more of this it would be my this would be a daily drinker or a pool beer or boat beer or just i mean this one was it was just fantastic i i wish i was able to get more of this one hmm. nice yeah, so the next one is from, surprise, Hidden Springs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, even more surprise, it's a Berliner. Uh, but it's called Drone Thugs in Harmony. Mm. And this is their, uh, their Berliner with passion fruit and hibiscus. Now, just like you had your beers that the label art got you. Yeah. The label art got me on this one uh, <laughs> because this is a beer they had released before and I never was able to get down and get it. But I'm actually working on a project because the um, the lady that does all the art for their for their cans, um, she does some really cool stuff. Um, so all, she did all the art for the cans that I sent you a while back. And she does some really cool things on there. So I, I've got this idea of like this collage I'm trying to put together with all these uh 
these beer labels and um, I've got about 23 or 24 labels that I, I, I need to put in a frame, but the label art got me, but then the beer was, was pretty good. I gave this one a four and a half cap oh, nice. uh, rating on this one. And it was, and it wasn't, um, it wasn't very, very tart. And normally hibiscus is hit or miss for me along with passion fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, passion those, fruit. Yeah. Those are two flavors for me that are kind of hit or miss. Uh, but this one was done very well. Um, this one was a hit, definitely for me. And uh, I gave this one four and a half caps. The next one I had was from 450 North Brewing Company. Ooh, you got your uh, your hookup. I got my hookup. Uh, the Slushy XL Blackberry Mango Berliner. Ooh, ooh that sounds good. And this one definitely got a five cap rating oh, for me. Oh wow, two five cap ratings and a four and a half. Those are definitely noteworthy. It was. Uh, it's been a good week, and uh, I was able to get together with, um, well, not even a friend of mine. I just, again, the Tampa Beer Fort has uh, prevailed again, and was able to get me in touch with someone who lives in Indiana who stood in line for me. Went and bought beer for me, and I traded with him uh, some Hidden Springs IPAs. I sent him the remaining revision IPAs that I had from when I went to Vegas. What? And, you gave him revision? Look, I, this this was for Megan. <laughs> okay. You gotta, when, do, you when, gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, when, when Megan... Uh, says, hey, you know, these look really good. And then to to even make it even more, uh, to kind of drive the point home even more. So Megan is going, hey, these beers look really good. I'd love to try those. They've got Megan saying it. And then Tina, who's been on the show before, goes, yeah, those look really good. That would be that would be awesome if we could get, get to try those. And I was like, okay, I mean, I guess we just have to find a way to try to try to get some of those here. Um so I got in touch with uh, someone through the Tampa Beer Fort, Beer Fort Facebook page and said, hey, anybody have a, a hookup for 450 North Beers? He put me in touch with a buddy of his in Indiana, and we started talking. And before we left for Vegas in early April, we put a plan into motion. And when I got home from Vegas, I shipped beers out to him. He shipped beers out to me. And now I'm leaving a five-cap rating for this All right. This blackberry mango berliner it was worth it i mean it's basically fruit juice with a hint of beer <laughs> but i was extremely surprised that you know now denny what most berliners that you drink what's the abv on those um four and a half to five ish eight eight whoa wow that's definitely strong eight percent wow that's like an imperial Berliner it's an <laughs> imperial Berliner, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it does not taste like it. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah so it's a six, sixteen ounce can that uh, basically the, is the consistency of your morning orange juice with mm-hmm. blackberry and mango in it, and it tastes just like blackberry and mango. Uh, there's some slight tartness in there from the from the berry, but also from what I would assume is the uh, lactobacillus in the in the Berliner. And man, it you could drink it for breakfast. It's it's almost uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, nice. it's, 
Yeah, it's way too easy to drink those. And at 8%, I mean, I think that could get you in trouble real quick. Um, but what I found out from the gentleman who shipped those to me, he said, well, just to let you know, people have reported that these cans may explode in Ooh. shipment. Oh, wow. There is so much fruit in these beers. I mean, Denny, it's it's literally the consistency of orange juice with pulp. Wow. Wow. So... I was like, well, guess we're gonna have to find out one way or the other. So and, you uh, got you got lucky. It didn't burst, right? I did. Yeah, we we uh, oh. we got lucky. Oh, you, okay, you got lucky. No, no, nothing yeah, nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we uh, we we uh, got them all safe and sound. Uh, all of his arrived safe and sound, and uh, yeah, that that was uh, that was a treat to get those in the mail uh, about a week ago. So happy to have those. Nice. Awesome. Well, that's some great noteworthy beers, and I hope that our listeners can go and find some of these beers themselves and enjoy them uh, along like you did. So that's great. Mm -hmm. Okay, and let's move on to some listener feedback. And we did not have a voicemail, but if you would like to leave a voicemail for us so that we could answer some questions or you just want to you know, praise us for... Uh, you know, how great a job that Chris and I do educating everyone on craft beer. Well, maybe not that great, but we have fun. Uh, <laughs> you can do that easily. You can just call us at 208-536-3359. Or if it's easier for you to remember, it's 208-53-ODDLY. And just, uh, you know, leave us some feedback, uh, questions, whatever you want. Just uh, give us a call. And we are running an iTunes review contest. Uh, this is for a set of B cups, and uh, you know this is the first time we've mentioned B cups this episode. But if you go listen to other episodes, you'll hear us talk about our B cups. We love these uh, these cups, and you'll find out more about these B cups at the end of the show when we give praise to our sponsor. B cups is a sponsor of the Tap to Craft podcast, and they are allowing us to give away a set of four uh, IPA B cups. And all you have to do is go onto iTunes and leave us a review. And guess what? We had another review this week left by Miss Mrs. Tara Carlson. Uh, she left a very nice uh, uh, review for us, which I really appreciate. Uh, I'm I'm glad. So go ahead and leave a review, and you'll be entered into the contest. And one thing to keep in mind: for every iTunes review left, you're automatically entered into any contest that we use iTunes reviews on. So once you do it once, it's uh, it, it keeps on giving. It's the it's the gift that you give us that keeps on giving back to you. So go do that. I mean, I'm drinking out of my B cup right now. Well, there you go. There you go. It's even it's it's even good for high powered quadruple barreled imperial <laughs> stouts. Quint quintuple, quintuple barrel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, quadruple, qu yeah, quintuple. Okay, so um, you know what, Chris? Since you've been talking a lot, let me go ahead and and take uh, uh, the first the first uh, feedback here because we had to split in to uh, different different people when we had three on the show, but now it's just you and I. I need to rethink mm -hmm. our our plan. So I'll go ahead and take the first one, and you can take the next one, and then I'll finish off. Or you can take the next two, whatever you want. We'll just play it by ear. But we'll figure it out. Yeah, but as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Matt Knight at Skinny Matt K mentioned on Twitter, Super Eight is so good. 
Starts out sour, comes in with some saltiness, finishes off with a nice tart flavor. I need to try more sour beers. So, like I said, you know, Skinny Matt, as, as you read off in the, in the uh, untapped beers that he's drinking, the Super 8 from Dogfish Head, and he says it's good. So I'm still waiting for this beer to come into my area. Uh, I'm really looking forward to trying it myself. I hope it, I, I actually enjoyed uh, the sequence. Uh, but the, that's the other dogfish head goza that they did. But um, I didn't have a, uh, a, a, you know, a feeling of, of like drinking barf or puke. So uh, I didn't get that sensation. But this one I, I think is going to be a lot more flavorful. Uh, with, although it might be weird because it does have a lot of ingredients in there. I think we read off all those fruit uh, additions to it. It seemed like it's way too much, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I guess that film takes a lot of uh, of fruit needs, acid needs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why don't you take our next one, Chris? All right, so our next one comes from Fred French at Fred French 2017 on Twitter, and he mentions my daughter bought this beer. Uh, in the photo, it shows it's a natural light Natter Days, which is labeled strawberry lemonade in beer. Uh, <laughs> she bought this beer because it has flamingos on it. I need to get her to start listening to Tap the Craft so she knows what good beer is. It would be a good fatherly thing you do there, Fred. Uh, the distributor told her it tastes like light beer mixed with Gatorade. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> I, and I, I responded back and forth with, uh, with Fred. And uh, the, first, the first key is if the distributor ever told me it tasted like light beer mixed with Gatorade, I would definitely put that can right back down because that does not sound like a good mix to me. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned that the Gatorade is mentioned in there. Uh, Hidden Springs makes a beer called Brondo, which is uh, which is a Berliner mixed with Gatorade. Okay. And it, now me personally, I don't like this one, but it, Megan loves this beer. Really? And I, I like it because it actually, you know, you get some electrolytes in there when that's you're you know, drinking yeah. during the day. Yeah, that's true. You got to try to refill, you know, replenish your needs for electrolytes mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. And we did have a listener question, and this is from Anthony Montgomery. He's at Tin Pan Alley. He also uh, asked us this question on Twitter. He says, What's the influx of brute beers from all the major brands recently? I've seen Terrapin, Shiner, New Belgium, and a bunch of others. And uh, I responded back to him about, uh, you know, about what brute, brute beer is. Uh, and he didn't realize it was a new style. And he, he responded back saying, I didn't know it was a new style. Thought it was just a special collaboration or something. Just thought it was odd how they all started appearing at the beer store all of a sudden. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Anthony, uh, it's, a, it's a new style. We're going to talk about this style. It actually, your question kind of uh, encouraged me to go ahead and do a topic on on this style. And the reason why you're seeing them all of a sudden is because it's, it's, a, it's a style of beer that's only been out for about a year. I mean, they, they just started producing this, and so breweries are starting to come up with speed and trying their hand at it, and that's what you're seeing all these, uh, you know, whenever the, the latest hot thing is, all the breweries have got to do it. So they go ahead, and you're going to see a lot of different, breweries producing a brute ipa now i've probably had 
uh, you know, between six to 10 different brute IPAs over the last year. And I still am not sure about this style. Um, every single one is different. None of them kind of follow the same flavor profile. One thing that is in common is that this beer appears to me to be a lot lighter in flavor, which I think throws off people that are normally used to having those uh, more bitter or hoppy, flavorful uh, beers uh, in IPA. So this is not as you know, bold flavored. It's much lighter, subdued flavor in the ones that I've had. Um, I wanted to go by and pick up a six pack of that new Belgian brute because I know I can find that one in the store pretty easily and have it on the show tonight while we, while we record. But I didn't make it to the store before the recording. So I haven't tried that one. Um, Chris, have you tried the new Belgian brute IPA? Not from new Belgium. I did have one here locally. Um, I think I may have only had two, maybe three okay. of the Brute IPAs. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of I'm on the fence about it. I don't hate it, but I'm not, you know, just out searching for them either. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. So um, we're going to stop there. We're going to go back to this topic in just a few minutes. But before we get to that, we just want to go ahead and fi- finish out this part of the show where we tell you how you can contact the show. If you want to contact us, it's very easy. You can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or like the other listeners have done, you can contact us on Twitter. Just follow us at tapthecraft. And Chris would love to talk to you and interact with you on Facebook. Just follow us at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. Very easy to do. And as I mentioned before, we do have that voicemail line. I'm going to give it to you again because we love having your voicemails. You can call us at 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY. So go ahead and leave us some feedback. And I'd also like to take this time to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They do provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that Chris and I are putting out, we know you'll find some other great shows like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Form Radio Network over at OpenFormRadio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Form Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right, well, now it's time for the Brew Buzz, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various related topics. And this week, like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, we are going to jump in to the latest fad in IPA, the Brute IPA. Now, I did gather my information from a couple articles found online, and the first part of this uh, this segment is going to be just talking about you know, the history of this Brute IPA. Uh, finding out about what how it's made and and uh, what inspired it, and then the second part is going to be some brand new brand new style guidelines, not from the BJCP because they haven't been updated. They were last updated in 2015. This beer style is only a year old, so it hasn't been added in to the BJCP. But the American Homebrewers Association did add. Brute IPA style description 1.0 version to their website to help people 
that are judging well i won't say judging that are i guess judging i guess you can use the the uh, homebrew association also to judge off of but they want to give a little bit of help to understand the style and what you expect in this in this style so um the first article is the birth of the brute ipa done by it was written by john hole uh, and posted at the craft beer and brewing website and as i just mentioned the second uh article that i got this information from was found on the american homebrewers association website called brute ipa style description 1.0 now like I, as i mentioned about a year ago the brute ipa emerged onto the craft beer scene after myself doing a little bit of research it looks like a brewery in san francisco named social social kitchen and brewery came up with the style after experimenting with using and again here's a big word that i'm going to butcher but ami amylaglucosidase amylaglucosidase yes that that's what they uh, were experimenting with on their triple ipa to help reduce some of the sugars found in that beer. Now remember that when you're brewing beer, the yeast eats the, you know, eats the sugars. And as they eat sugars, they're kind of uh, excreting uh, alcohol. And that's how the alcohol gets put into the beer. And as the yeast is eating the sugars, the beer becomes a more, the wort becomes less sweet and uh, is, you know, actually drinkable with the added uh, bitterness of the hops to kind of break that sugar down. Well, there are still some complex sugars that aren't broken down that could make the beer sweeter than it needs to be. And with triple IPAs, you need to have a lot of that sugar base early on or, or at the end so that the yeast has something to eat with to make the alcohol high enough in that beer. But that could also leave some unwanted sweetness that you don't want lingering around in the beer. So this brewery, the Social Kitchen and Brewery, they wanted to use this uh, enzyme to help break down some of those uh, complex sugars. So it says the enzyme, amyglocidosides, whatever, has been used in <laughs> brewing for a while now. It, is the, it has the ability to break down complex sugars that might not otherwise ferment, allowing the yeast to kind of have like a bonus meal during the fermentation phase. Its use has been popular with big, boozy imperial stouts so that they aren't super sweet on the palate. So normally, this is used on beers that, you know, that you're going to put a lot more, they're going to have a lot more of those uh, sugars in them, those, those imperial stouts, uh, to, you know, to try to kind of break those down so they're not so sweet. But this brewery is using it in a different manner to try to break down the sugars to make the IPA not as sweet. Uh, because of the extra reduction of sweetness causes the beer to become very dry. They considered calling it Champagne IPA, but feared that the region in France might raise a fuss, so they first coined it the Extra Brute IPA, and later that name was shortened to just Brute IPA. So, honestly, I was under the impression that this beer, this Brute IPA, was being made by using champagne yeast as the fermentation process but in reality they're using regular yeast but they're utilizing this enzyme to break down more sugars to make it extra dry which enzyme though 
Amylogluclosidase. Yes. It's that one right there. All right, Chris. So why don't you carry on with the story? All right. So the San Francisco beer scene was buzzing about the new style, which in turn started to spread across the country. Now, there were other breweries trying to brew up their own versions of this extra dry IPA. With this being said, especially in the early days of the style, the Brute IPA style had a lot of variation in the flavor profile. That's so, <laughs> yes, some are using a lot of adjuncts in the grists, like a lot of wheat and rice, because they're fermentable with no sugar. They are putting the hops in after the boil, which produces a very aromatic IPA without the bitterness. And Kim Sturdevant, the brewmaster at Social Kitchen and Brewery who came up with this style, is experimenting quite a bit to try and come up with the best brewed IPA. He brewed a recipe that had 20% rice, 20% corn, and the rest was Pilsner malt. He says... From the flaked rice, we got a coconut flavor. From the corn, it added creaminess. We're not doing it because it's cheaper. It's not. We're doing it for the light color. I like these beers to be lighter than a Pilsner. Not colorless, but certainly very light. Yeah. So that's another key, right? Whenever we think about breweries putting in adjuncts into the beer, a lot of times we think, well, that's a that's a cheaper way of doing it, right? Instead of using, utilizing, uh, you know, high-end grains, barley, uh, they're going to go ahead and throw rice in there to get these sugars to get, you know, to make it uh, easier and cost less. But for this case, it's not, that's not the case. They're utilizing these extra starch, you know, uh, starches to, uh, you know, to add those extra things for that enzyme to eat up and, and dry out. So, yeah, it's kind of a, uh, a cool method there. Why don't you go ahead and just finish off this section and I'll start the next section. All right. The Brood IPA style allows for some haze, but nothing comparable to a New England style version. Adding hops after the boil gives all the aroma with little to no bitterness, something many drinkers are currently accustomed to. Sturdevant has found that the style is also best for IPA recipes that are no higher than 7.5% ABV. Mm, interesting. Yeah. At first, he was adding the enzyme late in the fermentation process, but recently has begun adding it to the mash. It still breaks down the extra sugars, but doesn't leave the finished beer at a complete zero-degree Play-Doh. He says, using amyloglucosidase is something to be taken lightly. <laughs> You nailed that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little buzzed, too. I'm proud of myself. Uh, he says using amyloglucosidase is, uh, oh, now I'm getting cocky, uh, uh, isn't something to be taken lightly. Uh, Sturdivant and others warned that knowing yeast and understanding yeast nutrition is paramount. It creates different problems, so it's important to understand yeast and yeast nutrition throughout the process. Yeah, yeah. So that's the key is you can't just willy-nilly throw this stuff in and think it's going to behave itself, right? You you have to keep your yeast healthy. And I didn't put it in here, but one of the things I read is that the reason why he decided to uh, not put the uh, the enzyme in the fermentation process was because he, like most brewers, they want to reuse their yeast. And if you reuse the yeast... Uh, if you still have that enzyme active in there 
it could cause the next batch to, you know, not, you know, to not behave the same as it would have if it wasn't, uh, you know, still in that enzyme or in that uh, yeast uh, sludge or whatever they call it. So that's why he started putting it into the boil because then it wouldn't be, you know, carried on into the uh, the fermentation process. So that was just something that was kind of interesting. So you, again, knowing, understanding your yeast and understanding, uh, you know, what the effects of of your process, what this is going to have on your process is very important. Uh, and I think that's why some of these early editions of brewed IPAs are, there's so much variation. There's a ton of variation that I, I mean, I literally, none of the brewed IPAs I've tasted yet have tasted like one another. They're all very unique with different characteristics. But if I could say one thing was common is they're all pretty much lighter, lighter flavored. Uh, not not big flavored. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's get into the Brute IPA style guidelines. And as I mentioned, uh, this is on the American uh, Home Brewers Association webpage, and they just put this up, like a, I mean, very very recently. And the reason is because Zimergy, 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 Zimergy Associate Editor Amal Turkson, Turk Turkson. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, developed this Brute IPA style description for the commercial calibration section of the March-April 2019 issue of... Zimergy. Zimergy. Man, I don't, I'm, I'm having trouble, too. Um, it has not been endorsed by the BJCP or the Brewers Association for competitive purposes. So, basically, this magazine came up with this style guideline in the... In the last couple of months, they put it out. I mean, literally, this is brand new. That's why we're giving it to you now. Is that this? Is, we're right on the beginning of this whole style, so uh, it's all new and it could be changing. This is just what they came up with as an initial, um, you know, throw at this uh, at this uh, style guideline. So just keep that in mind. This is very general. So, like we do with all of our style guidelines, we're going to start off with the overall impression and work through the different characteristics of the beer. So overall impression is a very pale, very dry, highly effervescent variant of the American IPA, usually highly hopped with aromatic, but with far less actual bitterness. So, okay. That's kind of what we've been uh, describing a little bit in my, uh, in my uh, uh, interpretation. So the aroma it's going to be moderate to intense hop aroma featuring one or more characteristics of American or New World hops, including citrus, floral, pine resinous, spicy, tropical fruit, stone fruit, berry, melon, etc. Any American or New World hop characteristic or character is acceptable. New hop varieties continue to be released and should not constrain the style. Most are heavily hopped after flame out, either during the whirlpool or dry hopped, or both. Some champagne styles may incorporate fruit aromatics from additions of actual fruit, in addition or instead of hop-derived fruit. Grapes or grapes may be used in some versions to bridge the gap between sparkling wines and beer. A low to medium low, clean, malty, grainy aroma may be found in the background. Sweet, grainy aromatics of corn or rice may be present but are not required as a moderate to high percentage of adjuncts in the grain bill are often used as a means of increasing the attenuation. 
Some brewers have reported aromas of coconut from high amounts of rice in the grain bill. Wow, interesting. So I didn't realize you could get like a coconut uh, aroma from having a lot of rice in your in your grain bill. Oh. All right, Chris, why don't you go ahead and carry on with the next couple? All right, so the appearance on this one, it's going to be very pale to light golden in color. Those with added fruit may reflect the fruit color, but it's usually pale. <laughs> white to off-white foam may be vol... Yeah. Voluminous, volume, volume, Vol- voluminous, voluminous. <laughs> <laughs> white to off-white foam may be voluminous due to high carbonation and can have good to moderate retention depending upon alcohol. Clarity can range from brilliant to moderately hazy from late hop and dry hop oils. In the flavor, so in the initial flavor. It should primarily reflect the hop oils or the added fruit. Uh, Grape, citrus, tropical, and stone fruit flavors are common, while bitterness should be restrained. Low bittering hops will be exaggerated by the very dry finishing gravity as well as carbonic acid, but there should not be an aggressive bitterness as one would taste in a West Coast-style American IPA. Malt flavor is all but absent. Caramel or juicy sweetness should not be present, though alcohol may provide a sensation of sweetness. Hop flavors should exhibit dry, sometimes wine-like fruitiness. Low tartness may be present from the presence of real fruit, but is not required. And the finish is dry to very dry, one degree Play-Doh or less, with low hop bitterness. Wow. Yeah, so that's uh, interesting. Interesting, yeah. It gets a little bit of those champagne uh, characteristics for sure. Okay, so let's get into some mouthfeel here. The body should be light to very light and, along with a high carbonation, uh, should lend to a champagne-like quality. Alcohol may be high with a sensation of sparkling wine-like validity, but should not be hot or harsh. Uh, residual malt sweetness or dextrin fullness should be absent. Now, some uh, general comments uh, about the, the style. The amylase enzymes. Oh, we should have just gone with amylase. That would have been easy. <laughs> that's, that's an easy one. Yeah. Uh, specifically, glucomylase or amaglucose. Yeah, whatever. Days <laughs> are used in the mash and are fermenter along with highly fermentable wort and often adjuncts like rice or corn corn to achieve 100% attenuation. Clean, high-attenuating yeast strains are preferred, though the style will likely evolve as, as more brewers experiment with more character, characterful strains. Bittering hops should be used with restraint since even though it's an IPA, the low finishing gravities will accentuate hop bitterness, generally at or below 20 IBUs. All right. Uh, some characteristic ingredients uh, is going to be very pale base malt, sometimes married with rice or corn adjuncts, high carbonation, and oil-heavy flavor, and aroma hops added post-flameout. I don't know. There's something about the term oil-heavy flavor that just kind of gets me. <laughs> uh, Mandarina Bavaria. Uh, 
Huel, Melon, and Nelson Salvin are popular hops. Sugar additions to aid attenuation are acceptable, but must be kept low to avoid hot or harsh alcohols. Amylase enzymes such as firm fast glucomylase, White Labs Ultra Firm, or Amylo 300, sounds like a robot, <laughs> uh, <laughs> are used to produce a bone dry finish, which is further amplified by high carbonation. Crystal or dextrin malts, lactose, or any ingredients that will thicken or sweeten the beer or prevent complete attenuation are not to style. Mm. Nice. All right, and then just to kind of compare this uh, style to other styles, it's hopped in a similar fashion to New England IPAs, but without the sweetness. It's pale, sometimes lightly hazy, like a West Coast IPA, but without the high bitterness, and highly carbonated like a Belgian Golden Strong Ale, but even drier and without Belgian spice and phenol character. Some vital statistics, IBUs between 15 and 25, that's international bittering units, and the Alcohol by volume is between 5.5 and 12%. Damn, that's a hell of a range. Yeah, that's a big range. And uh, as we learned from the uh, from the article before, uh, they were saying it's best not to go above seven and a half if you want a good, uh, you know, a good version of it. So I think maybe well, they might have extended that 12% a little bit. A little bit high there. That's <laughs> that Imperial Brewed IPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to try that one. <laughs> no. So we got some commercial examples. They're going to be uh, from Bear Republic, their Brute Squad IPA, uh, Black Stack Bottomless Brute, Weldworks Chardonnay Brute, Matchless Fancy Stuff Brute IPA, <laughs> uh, Barrel Brothers, Barrel Brothers Champaterade, Brute IPA, Three Weavers, Post-Colonial Friendship, Dangerous Man, Brute Bellini, and Four <laughs> Quarters Paddle On. I think, you know, to me, it sounded like I was just reading a bunch of random words all kind of <laughs> strung together. Well, uh, I, I like the Dangerous Man, Brute Bellini. I think I want to yeah. try that one. Well, I mean, if you put the, the phrase Dangerous Man and Bellini together... <laughs> I think you got something there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that one. That was my favorite of that. Well, there you go. Now, Chris, by going over this style, has it piqued your interest at this to try a few more? Or are you still on the fence on whether or not you really want to dive into the style? No, I mean, I'm still, I'm still going to, I mean, I... <laughs> I still want to try more because, again, like I always say, if you don't like the style, you haven't mm -hmm. tried the right beer. But, I mean, the the ones that I've tried have been good. I mean, I didn't hate them. I, but, again, I've also looked at it, too. It was like, eh, you know, I mean, if I don't find another brewed IPA, I mean, uh, I'll be okay. But uh, it's you know, this trends, you know, the, the sour beers were a trend once and now there's something that has stuck around yeah the, the cascadian or the the black ipas were a trend once that maybe didn't stick around so well um you know and then the the new england and milkshake ipas they're they're a trend and that's that's something that did stick around so i you know i'm gonna try the gamut and see See if there are styles out there. See if there are people experimenting with the style who get the uh, 
get the process just right. They, you know, they put in the correct amount of enzymes at the certain times and they put the, the hops in at the right time that make it, you know, aromatic and not as bitter and a little more dry. And I mean, it sounds like that there's so many different things that they're experimenting with that it's, you know, it's going to be, uh, it, it has the potential to be a, a pretty great beer. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think it does have a potential and I think just like with the hazy New England style IPA, there were a lot of bad examples of that, that when brewers were trying to figure out how to do it, that, that kind of turned people off. Turned, you know, I had some that weren't that great that at first I'm like, what's so great about this style? But then once you find a brewery that can do the style really well, uh, then you start to fall in love with the style. And that's what I, you know, I've kind of done when I've got Revision, right? Revision Brewing came into town with their beer. And once I started having their hazies, I all I wanted was to try more of that style because they did such a great job uh, making these beers. So I think that's a similar thing I'm going to find with the Brood IPA. I, I think I had so many different Brood IPAs early on when I don't think people really knew how to control the process to make it what they were looking for, that um, it turned out that most of the beer just felt like it was just flavor, you know, like very mildly flavored ales, right? And not IPAs. And, uh, and, and so I think, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I, I think I'm, I'm going to go buy a six pack of the new Belgian brewed IPA uh, just to try that out, see what they're putting out. Because if new Belgium is putting out, a version of this, then they obviously might have, or I won't say obviously, they may have uh, found a, uh, a taste and a characteristic profile that uh, meets their expectations of what people think of a brood IPA. And maybe this was going to be a good style that, or a good example of one that I'm going to actually enjoy more than what I've enjoyed uh, getting a lot of the, the local brews. Because a a lot of the local breweries around the Boise area have been producing brewed IPAs. And honestly, some are okay. Some just aren't good, right? It's just not good. But not a beer that I want to go have a pint of. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'll have other things instead. So I'm waiting for that, that eureka moment where the breweries just figure it out and, and make whatever this, uh, Studevant guys making it at the uh, social kitchen. Uh, obviously, he's the one who invented it, and he's probably making the best ones. If so, I need to have some of that to try out for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris, I think we just can wrap up that brew buzz segment. I thought that was a nice uh, introduction to the style for our listeners, uh, bringing some education to the craft beer scene here. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, bring this show to a close, but. Like always, before we close the show out, it's our opportunity to go ahead and raise a glass to someone we'd like to raise a glass to. So, Chris, who would you like to raise a glass to tonight? Yeah, I would definitely like to raise a glass to all of the listeners who have been uh, making sure they drink beer on Monday nights. <laughs> uh, well, Sunday Sunday evenings into Monday nights. But I've had a few people uh, reach out to me and message me and go, hey, you know, when are you guys recording? I, that'd be so awesome if you guys would, would read our check-ins. And people are really excited about it. So I want to thank you guys for uh, jumping in uh, 
full bore into this one because it, it was just something fun that we were doing, but it's been been getting a lot of fun. And I know that Denny, you and I have been having uh, having a blast reading these off and kind of <laughs> quickly discussing, you know, a couple of dozen check ins and who's drinking what and and things like that. So it's been fun. So thank you guys for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. What I like about it, Chris, is that I usually enjoy these check ins privately because I'm seeing it on my own app. It's nice to be able to share our excitement for what our listeners are drinking on the show because they are drinking some great beers. And I think that other people out there that aren't following the other listeners, uh, you know, they may be missing out on something that, uh, if, if we don't talk about it, they, you know, they may not know about it. So it's good. I, I like the segment. So thanks for, for bringing that to the show for sure. All right. I, uh, I have a, a, a toast I like to give, and this is to Haven Carlson. Uh, this is my latest Carlson untapped follower. Yes, I now have four people in the family of the Kutzel and Carlson family that are following me untapped, and I hope are listening to the show. So I raise my glass to Haven. Cheers to you. I know you're not much of a beer fan. Uh, you, you're, you're drinking more ciders and mead and, and such, but I think hopefully uh, you'll start to find some beers that you actually enjoy. Maybe some of those gozas, those sours uh, that, that kind of remind you of, of ciders. Those might be a good starting off point uh, to getting into beer. And uh, also to her sister, and Dell, uh, who also is following us and uh, drinking some great beer uh, in Phoenix when she was there for a month and, and of course, back home. I love seeing all the stuff that uh, the whole family's is uh, checking into. And if there's any other family members that aren't following us on Untapped, then make sure you get on there. Get, get the whole Carlson Kutzel family uh, on board for sure. I also have to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there protecting our freedoms. Uh, as I've mentioned before on shows, I am also a, a former serviceman. I served in the U.S. Navy for eight years on submarines. Uh, so it's a, I have a special place in my heart for all summer, submariners out there. Uh, they're the silent service. Nobody knows they're out there because they're kind of hidden underwater. But if they weren't out there protecting our freedoms, then uh, we would be in a, in a bad spot for sure. So I just raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there. Thank you for your service, and please return home safely to your families very soon. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and raise a glass to our sponsors? Let's raise a glass to our friends over at B Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups, for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net. As B-C-U-P-S dot net. Or you can check out all the other things that they have going on at fermentedreality.com. Go check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether you're hanging out on the beach, by the pool, hiking in the wilderness, or even enjoying some time boating, beer cups are great for any place that you can't use standard glassware. And... If you're familiar with the Tavor website, which we do refer to a lot, that's where my beer came from today. If you check out Tavor.com, you can get beer shipped to you from all over the country. Use the promo code TAPTHECRAFT, which is all one word, and Tavor will give any new user a $10 credit after they spend $25. Nice. Nice. All right. And you can find 
the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in our show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 or Untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. Or you can always find me on Facebook.com forward slash Tap the Craft. All right. It is last call. Time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Yeah, I guess I should have uh, asked our listeners to chime in with uh, what they think about the style. I, I didn't think about that. I mean, if you said to something to the effect of, hey, let us know what you think about the Brute IPA, whether it be on Twitter or Facebook, you could do that. I could, but that would mean I'd have to talk. You don't have to. I just did it for you. <laughs> and you can just take that, cut it in there, and throw it at the appropriate spot. <laughs>